Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, quick question. Can, uh, can any of the audience take a picture of gravity? Take a picture of gravity, maybe circle it. Circle it where in the picture the gravity is and then uh, then send it in. I'd, I'd love to see pictures of gravity. And the, uh, the curious thing is, you can't take a picture of gravity. You can't, you can't. You can see the effect, but you can't take a picture of it. it it's this invisible thing but everybody's really comfortable with it. And so, um, well, well, okay, how about electricity? Can we take a picture of electricity? Um, well, you might say lightning. Lightning's electricity. Mm, yep, I pretty sure that would uh, be electrifying to be hit by lightning, but shucks, the, the stuff going in our eyeballs are photons. That's not electricity. Hmm. Can't take a picture of gravity. Can't take a picture of uh, electricity. Okay. How about even in a metaphorical way, could you take a snapshot of your potential? What What is possible for you in, say, the next 10 years? Could you take a picture of that? I suggest you might come up with a picture, but I think it would be impossible to to quantify the infinite potential of what you could experience over a decade. How different your life could be, uh, what you could create, what what kind of uh, opportunities you could create for yourself. We've done this show now for 12 years, and the the focus has been your potential, you, the audience, your potential. And every time we have a new guest on, we peel another layer off of um, what we could truly become. And I'm I'm stoked for tonight's show. The topic tonight is how to develop your own ability to increase your intuition. And our guest tonight is Stephanie Banks. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But I suggest that it's impossible for our linear 3D mind, for our ego, It's impossible for our ego to even comprehend what our potential is. In other words, if we could magically 
um, have the ego slide over into the passenger side of, and have our heart and soul drop down behind the steering wheel and have our heart and our soul drive our lives, I think the, the potential of our future would be incomprehensible. So the reason I bring this up as the pre-show uh, contemplation is what we're talking about tonight is increasing your intuition, increasing your uh, connectivity with uh, higher consciousness, if you will, with uh, consciousness that has a perception that perhaps your soul doesn't um, I, I mean, your soul is a multidimensional, vast aspect of your uh, of who you are, and and that nonlinear, multidimensional aspect um, makes it impossible for your linear mind to resolve. Enough of that. Let's get to it. <laughs> I'm excited again. The topic tonight is how to develop your own ability to increase your intuition. And again, our guest is Stephanie Banks. Stephanie is a highly sought after intuitive channel, a mentor and guide who helps people connect on the soul level. She channels from the perspective of any soul currently on the planet, animals and mother earth. Connection and communication are the common themes in all of Stephanie's professional endeavors as a speech-language pathologist and an intuitive channel. When her mother's dementia made a verbal communication impossible, Stephanie found ways to communicate with her mother's soul. This was the beginning of her channeling journey. Let's get to it. Join me in welcoming Stephanie to the show. Stephanie, we've, we've finally got you on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here and looking forward to whatever unfolds in our conversation. Well, um, just uh, we've, we've had uh, many channels on the show over the years. We've talked about the soul perspective. And um, I'd love to, for you to share your story, how this modality came into you um, um, and how you were introduced to it. And, and that'll help us get some framework as far as your relationship to it. Happy to do that. Um, as you mentioned, my channeling started out of a place of need. My mother had a type of dementia that affected young, younger people. She was diagnosed in her 50s. And as with dementia, her pathways for communication were breaking apart and she was no longer able to verbally communicate clearly, and even what she was processing in terms of her understanding of language was becoming impaired. So regardless of the fact that I was a speech pathologist who had all sorts of clinical, practical, and professional experience in this very realm, 
since it was my mother is a very different thing entirely. And I felt like I needed to find a way to transcend traditional communication methods in order for us to be able to stay connected for the remainder of her lifetime here. At the time, I had a best friend who's now on the other side who was a very gifted channel. And she was able to help me connect to my mother on a soul level. We would sit outside in her backyard and I would ask questions of my mother's soul and she would channel the responses and give me guidance, insight, and support into what does my mom need from me right now? That was one of the questions. How can I better support her? How can I heal some of the challenging parts of our relationship that I'm still carrying because it's you know, the mother-daughter relationship can be very complex. And so I got these um, opportunities to hear from a the deepest level possible from my mother's essence, and it informed and influenced in gorgeous ways how we experienced each other for the remainder of our time together before she, until she transitioned. So while I was receiving the gifts of that, I realized I definitely want to be able to do this um, more for myself, definitely, but to serve others in a way similar to the way my best friend was. So she sent me to her mentor. I took my beginning level channeling classes, and then I went to other mentors and took workshops and read all the books I could find, the videos, everything I could do to download, learn, practice, and create opportunities for me to tune into that deeper soul perspective. And that's how I was able to come to this place with hours and hours and hours of practice, of course, to where I am able to offer this professionally now as a, um, as a clear channel and as with the intention being to serve those who are seeking clarity in any areas of their lives. Well, very nice. Um, you talked about uh, your relationship with dementia and your mother and how uh, communicating with her soul uh, changed your view of her condition. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure there's people in the audience and myself Uh, my sister who has now passed had dementia in her later years in the realm that you would care to share how how did your perception of your mother's dementia shift from that soul's perspective that is an excellent question the biggest thing for me was recognizing that my choices were to, I had to decide what was the most important thing for me to experience with my mom, knowing that the nature of dementia is progressive and she would lose more and more and more of her abilities as time went on. And in order for me to, the most important thing for me was to stay connected to her. However, I could, if it wasn't going to be through verbal communication and I needed to figure out how it was going to be. And when that is the place, the foundational place to come from, staying connected, then it makes absolutely no sense to engage in conversations, for example, where I'm trying to reorient her to what is 
quote, real or to what is uh, true. And I think that's a trap that a lot of us fall into, especially for me as a clinician as well, because we are taught how to bring people back to to what's true, what's real. If someone says it's raining inside this building, as a clinician, you might be inclined to orient them to the fact that, no, it's not. That's not possible. And what was important wasn't for me to argue with my mom or be right or have her be wrong because that actually disrupts connection and it impedes it, but to just follow her flow. And if she said she was cold and it was 98 degrees outside, which we live in Florida and it oftentimes is, then I would go get her a sweater because there's no sense in me arguing with her about whether or not she's cold, but I can stay connected to her by responding to whatever her communication is and following her flow. That's how, that was a big shift that I made in deciding what what do I need the nature of our relationship to be now, given that I have to let go of a lot of the ways that it used to be. Letting go of a lot of the ways it used to be. I mean, so if if I'm listening now and I have a family member or a close one that is going through dementia, Gosh, it's just part of our our DNA to, quote, do things right, unquote. And golly gee willikers, the measuring stick for what's right a lot of time is perceived as what's, quote, normal, unquote. And, And the dementia persona has no need or concern for uh, the caregiver. Um, the caregiver's idea of how it should be. How how hard was it to let go of of trying to fix her or trying to bring her? You know what I mean. So, it, it, as a, uh, our listening audience might be struggling with dementia. You want to have a feeling that you're you're doing all you can for your loved one. How do you how do you quantify or measure success with that? Well, uh, you could see how much hair is left on your head from <laughs> <laughs> not pulling it out in frustration. <laughs> That's one measuring tool. Um, you know, I I I say this. I did not handle this entire journey. My mother's journey was more than 15 years um, from the time her dementia symptoms started. That's a very long dementia journey. So I did not do this perfectly. I made loads of mistakes. And uh, what I, what I found was that self forgiveness and humor were two pillars that supported the continuation of Uh, just to keep trying, just to show up again, the next interaction or the next utterance and try fresh. Just let, don't get on my own case about it. Don't judge myself about it. Just, just keep moving forward. It's very painful to watch a loved one lose their abilities and their faculties. It's very painful to hold in your awareness what the remainder of their life will entail because we know how dementia unfolds. We know what it looks like at the end. There's many types of dementia, but ultimately many of them look similar in the end stages. 
So holding all of that is heavy, it's tricky, uh, it's complicated. And so being really tender with myself was incredibly important and helpful. Um, And then finding humor, because there were times when my mom and I would have a conversation that the, I I really wished we had recordings of it. The average person would say, (laughs) what the hell just happened there? (laughs) What are these women talking about? There was no content whatsoever, just words, a circular flow, getting nowhere, going nowhere, just to stay connected and we would end up in laughter and giggles because on some level she knew that was a totally nonsensical ride that we took and yet we were totally able to meet each other there and pretend we were just both using every other faculty we had body language facial expression nonverbal communication to keep it going sometimes you don't have to get to the absolute truth or root of what the person is trying to convey. Sometimes all they want is connection and conversation. And that doesn't always have to be based on accuracy. And that's not what our culture believes (laughs) or supports or what most people are prepared to navigate, but it can be great fun. I really encourage it. Um, And being really kind to yourself and, um, Patient and understanding. Dementia requires an inordinate amount of patience. I was not always patient, but I would say most of the time I was, or I could get closer to it. Wow, wow! What a what a powerful story to to navigate seeing the condition, the situation in a new light, and and um, as a result of that you developed your gift of of channeling and now you're in service to others who could be in the same situation. So when we look at um, the idea of channeling, if I, I'm going to assume that when a client comes to you, they have concerns, they have issues. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> I have issues <laughs> and uh and and your ability to connect with their higher self or the the higher self of people in their lives today incarnate people in their lives today and bring that higher perception of of what an interaction is like if i think of the the intuition as a tool i can see there's uh there can be quite a scale if if i'm a if if maybe after 2020 you find yourself homeless and and your old narrative is gone because the industry's collapsed and you're trying to navigate utter confusion and and put your life back together when you don't even know if the pieces are still there, so to speak. And then there's the intuition of of making a career choice or should I move to another city? When we look at the, the uh, soul level awareness or the, the higher consciousness, so to speak, that we tap into, what would you say that... Um, people don't understand about 
the value of that or what it has to offer? I feel like most of us were not raised with a lot of conversation around the soul um, and our true essence. So just the notion of our essential being it can feel way out there and hard to, to grasp and, and anchor into and make sense of. So that's, that's one challenge we have is it's not common in our conversation, in our culture, in our conditioning, in our families of origin. And it can be more common in certain religious contexts, but that can also be confusing as well because you're getting a certain perspective and maybe that's not what fits with what feels right to you. Um, in terms of the soul, what I believe is that it's the aspect of ourselves that um, is forever. It's it's not destructible. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't end when our when we exit our bodies. In fact, it's the thing we bring in with us for all the lifetimes that we have. And I do believe that we have many lifetimes to learn and grow. The soul calls forward certain relationships, certain experiences hardships, challenges, as well as the, the greatest beauty and glory, because we all ultimately, I believe, are here to learn to love um, unconditionally and get closer to what I call divine love or God or source or creator energy. So what we don't understand about the soul is um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> and what we <laughs> and what we do, uh, what I understand of it, even though this is my livelihood and I have dedicated my professional life to it, I still can't say I understand a whole lot about the soul. But based on what my work involves, which is channeling from the soul perspective, our souls are here to, um, as the student aspect of ourselves. So they, they have all this ancient wisdom through the experiences that we have had, and that can influence in positive ways and sometimes in negative ways when we find ourselves in repetitions and behavioral patterns that are not serving us. A, a lot of times that can be tracked back to previous experiences not limited to this one lifetime. So there's a lot to be gained from tuning in to the soul perspective. When I channel, I am often given images and understanding of, say, a, a recent lifetime or even a, a very a much older lifetime that can bring to light why a person is making certain choices or decisions. We channel a lot in terms of um, what are our soul relationships with other people here on the planet. I believe that we have constellations or families, uh, groups of souls that we agree to incarnate with collectively. Sometimes it's for a full lifetime. Sometimes it's for a, a little bit of time that someone will cross our path and, and impact us. And it's, it can be very interesting to find out a little bit more. Um, so couples sometimes will ask, what, what are we doing together as souls? What's our agreement with each other? How are Couples will ask, what the heck are we doing, right? Because right. <laughs> relationships are where we do our biggest, sometimes hardest work and growth. And that's, it can, it, the soul is a very rich aspect um, of who we are and, and who we're here to be and what is possible because it's really limitless what's possible. It 
it's curious you say that the um, uh, perhaps one of the biggest soul contracts I had as it relates to my own personal develop development was this real um, malicious boss. He was he was a piece of work. Uh, he would belittle me. He would undermine me. He would um, just totally demean me day in and day out for over a decade. He did this, and he put me on a couch, at, uh, on a psychiatrist's couch, because my life was imploding in on itself. And it was there on that couch that um, I had the epiphany, the bug hitting the windshield in my life, burst open. And while I was going through that process, he was, um, from my ego's perspective, he was mean. And from my soul's perspective, it was like he was the hired gun, so to speak. He was there to just just pound me day in and day out until I cracked open. And in hindsight, I see him as like an angel because he gave me such a gift because he pushed me to the brink of of snapping, and that's when my whole life changed. When we look at people we might be struggling with in our lives, how does the, the soul perception or the perspective, perhaps soul contracts, come into play that might help us learn the lesson um, faster? Well, your example is really perfect and ideal for this because sometimes our soul agreements with one another are just that. I, I will come in as your boss and I will make you miserable and you will feel small and ineffective and um, invisible and however, yep. you know, you, you were feeling um, yep. until which point that you have had enough and then our, our journey is complete because you will have addressed what you need to address at the very deep levels of who you are. And it will have nothing to do with me. I'm speaking for your boss, um, right. which is what occurred. And, you know, those, those roles can feel very agitating, very uncomfortable. There's like a, you can call them an antagonistic mentor of sorts who's meant to perturb you and, and move you into action that would not have happened maybe at all otherwise, or perhaps it would have taken another 30 years for you to get there. And then we have souls that are, um, that come in to support and protect us. And sometimes that is in a parental role. Sometimes that's in a teacher role. Sometimes there's so many different roles that we choose to, to play those out. And, but there's so many different types of agreements that we can have. And if we can listen for those, uh, stay open and curious to what, what might be going on below the surface, we tend to be story makers. So someone treats us a certain way and boom, the, the left brain is often running with what that means, how that person is, what, whether or not they're safe, what you should do, where you put them in your understanding. And before two minutes has passed, an entire story has unfolded and we're already in it, living from it and acting on it without giving consideration to that this actually might be, there might be something richer and more valuable here with this 
with this person if you're open to it and listening for it. And, you know, our bodies, I find, are exquisite vessels for intuition. I believe that the heart is an enormously intuitive organ. And when I feel constriction in my heart, if, say, I'm with someone and having a difficult conversation or even just getting a vibe from them, I can trust what my body is signaling me about and get curious about it. Huh? Is that about me? Is this me? Is this someone else? Am I picking up on something else here? As long as we come to the table with an energy of curiosity and openness, we can get a lot of answers that way through feeling into and asking very open-ended questions of ourselves. Well, very nice. You know, uh, you and I have talked uh, a couple of times before this show, and y- you really gave me some insights on on how this modality could be used that I wasn't really privy to, and we're going to get into that a little later, but the topic of the show is for our audience, how to develop your own ability to increase your intuition. Now, when you find yourself in the channeling state, um, what would you tell your old self before you learned this? I mean, how would you describe it uh, as an experience to your old self who had not had that experience before? Well, I would probably (laughs) tell her... (laughs) that there is a way to be in the world, in the the channeling state, as you're referring to, that will invite me to get out of the way, to literally slide aside all of my biases, beliefs, prejudices, etc., and to make just enough room for spirit, for intuition, for divine connection, to come through um, in a fluid, flowing way. Um, And and there's a lot of preparation, I would tell myself, to be able to do that. Uh, It requires, you know, the in-between of my sessions, I am doing what I call radical self-care. And that is in order to keep myself as clear a channel and as high vibrational a match for energy as possible. Because I know that I love channeling and I love it because the energy that comes through is loving and it's high vibrational and it's inspirational. Um, And there can be other energy that comes through that does not feel that way. And if I do not take care of myself exquisitely, then I am more prone to that just, like anyone else. So I would describe to her that much of channeling is in the preparation of it, in the the care, the radical self-care I told you about. And the rest of it is trust, self-trust, trusting that what comes through is of the highest loving frequency. It is for, is to serve the highest good. It is to be sometimes just for my knowledge. Other times it is to be shared, for example, in the context of a session that is obviously me channeling for somebody else. Other times intuition and messages come through that are just for me 
just for my knowledge, just for me to use and, and be grateful for and allow it to inform me of what, uh, what's important in that particular moment. But the actual experience of channeling is very hard for me to describe. People ask me, do you hear these messages? Because when I channel, it can sound like I'm reading something off of a paper. There's so much flow, so many words, so much fluidity. And no, I'm not reading it. And I'm not exactly hearing it. But I am hearing it in a different way, but not through the sound waves. It's it's really hard to describe it. It's a, it's a different type of presence and it feels light and it feels kind and it feels loving. And that's the best I could do to try to explain it to the version of myself that hadn't discovered it yet. Right. Well, I like how you're emphasizing that high vibration, the, um, if, if, there's there's a lot of energy in uh, we might say the in the 4D space or in the um, etherical space that is not very flattering, and uh, <laughs> you're you're um, by purifying your energy by cleansing and holding that high vibration energy you're literally tuning in so to speak you're turn you're tuning out of the muck and you're turning into that that higher realm, as you say, that is is anchored in love. Um, so the, it seemed like that'd be a a, a good first step for uh, for people to prepare or um, intend to learn how to channel is to pay attention to your own um, vibration. Does that make sense? It's absolutely foundational. In fact, when I teach channeling classes, that is where we start. We come back to it endlessly because um, the radical self-care I talk about, it's different for everybody. I have a list of things that I do that center me and ground me and connect me to all life. And those things that are on my radical self-care list are not necessarily on everybody else's. So the first piece of it is to create your list of the things that Um, bring you joy, the things that make your heart smile and sing. Uh, That includes, for me, nature, animals, um, deep friendships, dark chocolate. I'm not joking about that last one either. That's definitely in there. Um, Exercise, movement, yoga, music, dance. (laughs) Also, these things, I mean, it's it's a gift to be alive. Yes, there's a tremendous amount of suffering and challenges on this in this world and it's still a gift to be alive and we still have so much to experience and to express and to share the joy and love with one another and to show kindness and compassion so that is the the first thing to becoming more intuitive i will always say this is to take really good care of yourself, not, not like a perfectionistic thing, but um, if you're disconnected from you, then you are not going to be able to sense clearly what's coming through. Um, it will sound more murky or it will feel of a lower vibration. It will be fear-based rather than love-based. And why, why go that route when we're here to, to love ourselves? And that is a foundational piece to this. 
Well, very nice. Um, it says in your show description, um, connecting with spirit guides as well as trees, animals, and Gaia, Mother Earth. Um, trees and Mother Earth. Let's let's take those two. Um, is there a um, an attitude or a perception or perspective that, uh, let, for example, trees? Um, if they were to give humanity a message, I know it's kind of a vague question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, if how do trees perceive humans? Like chill the hell out, or oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can say I won't speak for every you know all the collective of trees, um, but when I channel them, there are specific messages that come through each time. And if I could kind of lump them into a general expression, uh, yeah, chilling out (laughs) is a good idea for humanity, but more so than that, connecting, like, do you, you know, do you notice me? The trees are wondering, can you, can you notice us? Can you see us as living beings with an intricate system of our own communication because they do have that you would be astonished to learn about the networks of connections that are under the ground of tree you know the root systems and mycelium they send each other information when there is a pest that is infesting they send signals to each other so that they can produce chemicals in their bark to protect them from the pest. When there is drought, when there is a sick tree, they will send sugars to nourish the tree in their colony. Um, This has been shown. This is scientific information. This is not just wishful thinking. So where, you know, the trees would love for us humans to come back to being in, in awe in wonder, in connection, in appreciation, and deep care for them as beings who belong here, as beings that are, are not just for to produce wood or paper or whatever it is that we are using, to be, to be mindful, to be aware, to walk lightly, to be in appreciation of them. That's, that would be the message I feel is most um, prevalent and important. Well, very nice. Um, We have about 15 minutes left. Um, I want to get into your gifts because uh, the other day when we were having our pre-show chat, you said something that really struck me, and uh, that was sometimes corporations use your services to communicate with the souls of people who are applying for employment. If I got that right, could you uh, elaborate on that? Yeah, definitely. So I work with clients from every um, professional background. And when I, and I have had clients who are in positions of hiring people for their companies, their businesses, and they will, they have asked me, some of them have asked me, can you channel 
the essence, the soul essence of this person I'm considering hiring. Um, sometimes they've had the interview and they have their own sense for them personally, but they want to understand from a deeper place. And this is a beautiful application of going to the soul because from that perspective, you can understand a whole lot more of what that person is about. Uh, nothing negative comes through. So a soul is never going to say, don't hire me. I suck at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> My avatar sucks. <laughs> right. But what a soul is going to communicate, uh, or in these instances that we're talking about, what has come through is these are the areas that I am uh, focused on growing. These are where uh, my, my gifts and skills could be really beneficial to you and your business. This is where we might bump heads or find ourselves at odds. Um, these are areas that I'm polishing. These are areas that are, are more raw. You, you get like you peel away those layers to of, of personality to go right to the, the source of of things of the person's soul, and that can really be very helpful to having a working relationship, being even more informed and prepared than not having that. It's just fascinating to me. Um, how are some other ways that um, your talents have been used that might not be obvious? Well, I work a lot with parents, and it doesn't matter if they have young children or grown children. We, you know, the job of parenting um, is forever, and we are always growing, and I can speak personally to this as a mother. And at different stages, of our lives and our children's lives, things get more complicated, things, they need different things from us. What used to work may no longer work. Uh, we shift and we grow and we outgrow certain forms of communication or ways of being with each other. And it can be very confusing and frustrating. And sometimes at its worst, totally disconnecting where there's not even conversation happening anymore. There's so much tension. So I work a lot with parents to reconnect at that deeper soul level. What, what does my child need from me? They will ask me, how can I support my adult child who is struggling with addictions because I am not able to have conversations with them anymore? They've isolated themselves, etc. cetera. Um, I've channeled for parents who have um, older children and you know, maybe they're incarcerated. That's been um, situations in the past too. And understanding more of why their journey is the way that it is. As parents, we tend to carry a lot of guilt. We tend to, I'll speak for myself, I can sometimes think that whatever is unfolding in my child's life, I'm somehow responsible for. And that's not right. always the case. They are separate beings on their own soulful journey and even though we have been brought up to believe we're somehow the authority of, of them or over them I don't believe that anymore I, I call I call that out they are our teachers our children and we are here to learn so much from them so when we go to the soul and understand what does their spirit need how can we get out of their way and how can we help smooth the path if that is what they're needing for us? That, that can be enormously helpful. And the same goes for romantic relationships. And the same goes for, like you said earlier, a supervisor-supervisee relationship. We have challenges sometimes with 
those that are in positions of authority um, over us, um, or perhaps we are the one in the position of authority, and we want to know how can we support our teams better? How can we how can we be a better presence? For them and allow for their skills to truly be revealed and nurture that instead of coming from the standpoint of limitation or punishment or, you know, consequence of the old paradigm. Right. Well, um, for myself, uh, speaking for myself, uh, I went through a, a close connection with somebody over actually several decades and there was a falling out of of our connection with each other and uh i i felt a lot of uh hostility really towards me and just recently just in the last uh three to six weeks uh I knew there was uh, an energetic element in my psyche and and that forgiveness would be the release mechanism and I'm I'm just sharing um uh I'm leading up to uh, what has happened but for um it I felt a real sense of malice from this person and um it was tough for me. It was really tough for me. And to be able to get to the point of forgiveness took uh, just a, a lot of effort. I, I always uh, try to keep it in the context of a, a soul learning um, relationship or contract. And then Stephanie, as you know, um, w- within our session, you were able to channel that person for me. And what I really got out of that that just um, brought so much peace to me because the the other person wasn't anywhere near willing to sit down and, and have a rational conversation, yet I could I could have a conversation with their higher self or their soul and and you did that for me and as a result of that i i got clarity in how i w- how i had perceived the situation and um um their their mindset so to speak towards um our relationship now and um i just want to uh thank you and share with the audience that the gift that you have and and how connecting with people that um, can be challenging in your life and get their perception from not per se their ego, but from their their higher self. Um, that's that <laughs> I just feel so free as a result of that and it it was through the session that we had that you uh, made that possible it was it was so insightful for me to hear from that person's persona their mindset their attitude and it and it brought such clarity to a relationship that had been very challenging for me in the last several years 
Um, and and I, I share this with the audience so they can understand um, the value and potential of the, of the gift of your talents. And I would I would add to that that um, before a session um, with you as a as a client to really try to understand everything the best you can. And then through the session with you, um, help it validate your perception. In other words, not just lean on you and not take any responsibility or ownership of the dynamic of any particular relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I... I'm so happy to hear how it has served you. I I am so fortunate to be able to do work that is meaningful and purposeful and um, I don't transformational. I call it. Um, and what you're describing is a very common experience when we when we go to that deep level with people and we are willing to hear them out through the, through the channel message of their higher selves. It's such an act of um, generosity and grace to be in that space, to invite that, to invite them into that space, to bear witness to it. And then the, the rest does get released really quite easily sometimes afterwards because the, the clarity of it and the willingness to let go of whatever we've been t- holding to so tightly is profound. So I'm um, I'm very grateful, very happy you had that experience, and very honored that you let me share my work with you. Well, and and to be clear, it it uh, didn't change the person per se. I mean, um, there I don't expect their behavior to suddenly improve or for them to drop their um, malice or whatever. Um, in the flick of a switch, they might continue uh, with that perspective or, or strategy towards me. But once I forgave them, and that happened before we connected, once I forgave them, that kind of cleared the energy of of the struggle between us out of my psyche. But to hear their words... To hear their words, just I don't I don't know how to describe it outside of uh, freedom, or uh, um, it's uh, it's their stuff. It's not about me per se, and I I just feel free. I'm free. I'm free. Throw throw the yeah. rose petals and and dance through the garden. So. Exactly. And it's not ever going to be about that now that person is going to behave differently towards you. Nothing has changed for them. What has changed is for you. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of it. And and so I say this for the audience's sake, that if, if, if you think about your life and there's some thorns, so to speak, in the relationships with other people in really any dynamic, um, I always try to reinforce the the personal empowerment of that. And you offer classes in in how to become, uh, how to grow your intuition. That's why I say 
sit down and and write out your most clear perception of what's going on, and then perhaps with a a session with you, Stephanie, that I could bring validation, if you will. Definitely. Well, now we're getting towards the end of the show. I want to make sure our audience knows about you, your services, anything else you want to share about yourself. Tell us um, the services you have to offer and how to get connected with you. Well, I do have a Learn to Channel class coming up uh, in a couple weeks. It's going to be a four-part series. It's going to be wonderful. And for anybody who is curious about how to deepen their trust in their own intuition, this is a beautiful class for that. I I teach with a light heart. I teach with a lot of humor. I teach very practical strategies applications, activities, exercises that can help you shed whatever is in the way of you feeling and sensing and hearing your intuition clearly so that you can move forward with greater clarity in your life. Um, so that's coming up and you can find, um, you can schedule private sessions for readings uh, on my website and you can find my classes on the website too and it's soulinsight.com is my website. Well, very nice. Um, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? I, I actually like to close with this because I find that most people like myself are really struggling to make a difference in today's troubled world. And I want to invite all of us to find the place, uh, find the thing that breaks our hearts and serve into that. Wow. Very nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast, Stephanie. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I have thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I have as well. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Stephanie Banks, and the topic tonight has been how to develop your own ability to increase your intuition. You know, um, I still go back to that thing that we, I don't think we can really comprehend our potential uh, from the ego point of view. Um, our, our ego tends to weigh everything in, in relationship to the past. And Humanity's kind of going through the pressure cooker, I think, that there's a lot of uh, intensity and stress and whatnot that's being uh, impelled, if you will, on on our human demeanor, both individually and collectively. And out of that, I, I really expect to see a new um, awakening, a new perhaps legions of mystics, alchemists, uh, sages that come out of the the rank and file, come out of the everyday person. And connecting with your your higher wisdom, connecting with your intuition, like I had said in the opening, for your ego to step aside and let your heart and your soul really weigh in 
all throughout your day. Instead of your ego consuming 100% of your consciousness with the busy mind and social distractions and whatnot, imagine your life if your heart and your soul had sway in every moment of your day. I, I would suggest the trajectory of your life would shift. You would move into a more fulfilling and rewarding and exciting um, narrative for your own life and who you become as a result of that is really um, without limit. It's such a, it really is an exciting time to be alive. Um, I'd like to ask the listeners to support me in that if you've read one of my books, I'd I'd really appreciate reviews of my books. Um, That's kind of a metric or a measuring stick that the publishing industry uses. And uh, that's one way you can support me. You know, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to bring you episodes that help grow who you are, that help expand your potential, the possibilities for your life. And for me, that brings me great pleasure. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time. Thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.